Welcome to the Power of podcast series. In our collection, we dive into critical, thought-provoking and contemporary content to stimulate debate and dialogue, all with the aim of driving gender equality in global health. I'm Joanna Riha, a research fellow within the Gender and Health Hub at the United Nations University International Institute for Global Health, based in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. In the previous episode of this mini-series, we launched the theme, The Power of Feminist Leadership. And this kicked off both with an introduction to Srilata Bhatliwala's great think piece on the topic of feminist leadership, what it is and why it matters, and also had conversations with a fantastic group of panelists who shared their experiences of how they've strived to put feminist leadership into practice. Now, one of the many misconceptions about feminist leadership is that it's often synonymous with women's leadership, when in actual fact, feminist leadership and the principles and values that underpin it really apply to us all, irrespective of our sex or gender. And so over the next four episodes, we'll dive deeper into conversations on this theme of feminist leadership, but moving beyond the sex and gender binary. We'll hear from Simone Hill, a lesbian and bisexual leader from Belize, and Kobe Smith, a male leader practicing feminist leadership in Guyana. Both these episodes are slightly different to some of our previous ones. We very intentionally dedicated two episodes to each of their stories, trying to capture the full richness of their leadership journey and experiences. And as we hear their stories, I really wanted to encourage everyone listening to reflect on how they've put into practice feminist principles and values. And these might include things like the personal being political or a leadership style that fights for the right for equality and equal treatment of all people, regardless of their identity, or a leadership style that shares power and is open and transparent and leadership that supports well-being and self-reflexivity, recognizing how we internalize biases and oppressive norms. So please keep some of these things in mind as you hear from them. So today I'm joined by Simone Hill, an activist from Belize who founded the NGO PETAL, which stands for Promoting Empowerment Through Awareness for Lesbian and Bisexual Women. Simone, it's an absolute pleasure to have you here with us today in sharing your story. And I wanted to start off by asking you to tell us a little bit more about PETAL and also what led to you starting your own NGO. Thank you, Joanna, for wanting to do this podcast with me as a founder of the organization Promoting Empowerment Through Awareness for Lesbian and Bisexual Women. I did not want it to start an organization. I was a very reluctant leader. Many years ago, when I came out to myself as a lesbian back in the 90s, I knew that I wanted things be done for women who identified as a lesbian. I was not thinking so much about bisexual women. But nonetheless, I knew that I wanted things done. But I went away from my country before I, which is Belize. I went away before I could have come out to my family or really everyone. And I went to the United States of America, specifically to New York. And while there, I was thinking about 
how can I get myself settled as a migrant along with my child? And I found an or I went to the gay and lesbian organization in New York, and they had turned me on to this organization, Lesbian and Gay Immigration Rights Task Force. With them, there were a bunch of lawyers who had started this organization to assist partners who were HIV positive. But just being around the people, I liked it and decided to volunteer. And while volunteering there, I was given the task of answering emails. And one email came from Guatemala, Belize's neighbor to the Western South. And the young woman was the leader of an, a lesbian organization, and her father was a general in the army. And she said her father burnt down her organization, and she was determined to, to rebuild. I forgot now what she was requesting of the organization I was volunteering with. But her story moved me because I said, what are we doing in Belize? Remember, I had left Belize with wanting things to be done for lesbians. And I was like, we are more democratic than Guatemala was at that time. And why are we afraid? Why are we not doing anything? Even going to America, I was encouraged to go there by my sister. I never wanted to go. I always wanted to be in Belize because I love Belize tremendously. So returning to Belize, I met Shari Stalbert, who then became my partner. And I told her this elaborate story about how I saw how women should be educated in Belize. Because when Belize emerged from slavery, women carried the society. If we educate women, they can stand up for their rights. And I told her, especially since I'm a lesbian, that we should look out for these women and then once they know their rights, they will be able to fight. We like to use that term fight. They can address issues on their own and stand up because they are in Belize what we call bembe, meaning they're the people who will go there and they will quarrel and they will fight. But anyway, after I told her, I never thought about it again. I was told that I had human papillome the HPV, human papillovirus, I think it was. And I told the doctor, how can I have this when he told me how you get it? And I said, but now it's been 20 something years since I've last been with a man. I couldn't understand it. And I had to have a surgery and all that. And after the surgery, people were dying from cervical cancer, women. And one day I got up and I said to my partner, Sharice, who I had told this thing many years ago to, and I said, these women need to know because I identify as a lesbian and I haven't been with a man for 20-something years. You know, like people are out there having sex or not having, and they might be infected or affected by this. And at that time, I was the vice president of the first LGBT organization, United Belize Advocacy Movement. I spoke to the executive president at the time and told him that I would like to do something for women, for LB women. And that was how it started with a talk on cervical cancer. 
and I got a doctor, gynecologist of the community, of the LGBT community, and she spoke. And 15 women came out to hear that, and they were impressed. They were thankful, and they wanted to know if anything would be done further. But I wasn't interested because I just wanted to say that. I just wanted them to learn that. And then one day I was thinking that there's so much violence within the LB community. And I was invited in 2012, February, to go to International Dialogue in St. Lucia. And I went and I realized, you know, Joanna, that this doesn't just affect Belize. These things are outside of Belize in the Caribbean. And so I said, oh, wow, this is an eye-opener. And I returned home, and that was in February, and I thought about this thing. And Unibam was invited to, there was violence in Belize on a whole, not just the LB women, but the wider women population. And we went on this march organized by the University of Belize. And there I met a woman, Dr. Abigail Mackey, She's been involved in women's organization. She used to work with the UN in various capacities. Dr. Abigail Mackey helped me. And the four of us organized the first lesbian and bisexual. Oh, I must say this. She, I wanted it to have a name, but I didn't know what the name should be. And I thought about it, thought about it. I told her. I don't want it to be called a meeting because we're not having a meeting. I didn't want it all those traditional names that you heard and things. And I was there and I told her, no, I don't want that. It's not supposed to be formal. It's going to be on a Saturday. No one works on a Saturday. We're not buying. We're not selling. No. And then she looked at me and she thought and thought. And she said, then you should call it conversation. And I'm like, yeah, that is exactly what I want to do. A simple name, perhaps used a lot. I didn't think about it. And so we had our first conversation. It was a dialogue. It was a conversation we dubbed it. Lesbian and bisexual, domestic violence in lesbian and bisexual same-sex relationship. And there were 20 lesbian and bisexual women that came. There were no person that identifies as heterosexual. And what I was starting, I didn't realize was fantastic. Then I was invited to another regional meeting and they were saying that they were hearing what I was doing. They liked how I talk. They were never meeting. They were only meeting one gay man from Belize. They didn't know that there were other people in Belize who were interested in the work. And so I was the it girl for a minute. I was the it girl for a minute. I wasn't trying to be the it nothing, but it just so happened. No, I can't say that. In 2013, I became the president of Unibam. I knew I didn't want it to continue in that. I felt I wasn't, it wasn't satisfying. And then in 2013, I sat down and I penned the name of an organization. I was being encouraged to start an organization and I didn't want it to. But I sat down and came up with the name. Let me tell you something around the name Joanna. It's a flower and in my head, I'm masculine presenting. I don't think about flower and it had nothing to do with flower. I needed a name that would have a good 
acronym. So when they say said it on the media and stuff like that, it sounded sensible. That's all. Honestly, I was thinking me, Marla Simone Hill, who likes to be called Simone, was thinking. Over the years, it's fascinating how people see it and what all they tell me when they hear the acronym PETAL. It's great, but it was never about that. We got a grant to do more, to do more conversations. I still was reluctant, but Joanna, I guess it was me. I had to do it. And then we got incorporated legally in 2015, but the work was from 2011. And we came on television, myself, Shari Stalbert, and Ifashina Efonimi, even though Dr. Maki have been there with me from the very beginning, and she was my mentor, she said that the organization should be about lesbian and bisexual women. Any woman can benefit from it, but once we form a board, it must be lesbian and bisexual women. So even though I had wanted her name there, she said no. She doesn't see it that way, and I should not do that. And I am glad that she thought that way because in the end, it's better. And we were the first LGBT organization where the name speaks for itself. It tells you everything, what we are up to, who we are interested in, and things like that. And Simone, how has the organization grown and where did it go from there? Starting Petal has been exciting. We got out for five years, we got great funding from the Dutch people through an organization, COC Netherlands, and it allowed us to do so many wonderful things. I mean, we got to do many things, move the organization forward, could have met through our familiarization program, could have met with politicians, meet with the opposition. We did so much, Joanna, in the time that we started, we hit the ground running. And looking at our website, our Facebook page over the years, you can see the immense work that we have done. And I want to emphasize something. Starting the organization was never about going global. It was always to be doing programmatic work, to be on the ground in Belize, if we will educate women to get them where they are, it is not one tranche of women or two tranches. It has to be a continuous cycle. So the education does not stop. Even though it seems you're having more or less the same conversations but tweaking it, when in the inception we were doing 20 women every conversations in the beginning, and then I said, well, that's good because a lot of women across this country, because Petal was not only Belize city based, it was going across the country. And we got in a lot in the South. And then I was like, yeah, this is good. A lot of women have learned. And then you come and you're talking to some women, young women and say, oh, you know, no, I have never, ever heard that. And then you realize, you know what? No, this work has to continue on the ground, you cannot give up. And you have, even though sometimes me, myself, I'm like, oh my goodness, isn't this a daunting task? And we have done this again. So you find new facilitators and they come again and, 
and we do the work. So it's always to stay on the ground, Joanna, because once the programmatic work stops, that's it. And then you have to start all over again. A new generation has to start all over again. So I want to see Petal continue for a very long time, staying on the ground. Even though we move, we go to the global level. I like COC, they had taught us this theory of change, where you move. But we always, like there's a lot of organization, they were on the ground and then they went up there. So we have to have a foot. And we have to know what our constituents are saying, what they need, and how we can help them. And so that is what we continuously do. Also, while we work at the national level to try and get reform through legislation, and like right now in Belize, the Equal Opportunities Bill, we're trying to get it passed. It's been a back and forth. But eventually, I believe that we will get it passed. The Minister of Human Development and Families and Indigenous Peoples Affairs, Minister Dolores Balderamas Garcia. We have personally, her and I, we have a good relationship. So now that I am home for the summer vacation, I want to be having a meeting with her. And it's a balancing act because she is the minister and she has her obligations to government, and it is to have that diplomatic conversation about what is happening, the things I have been hearing while I have been away, how can we move forward? And this current government, you cannot have the foreign people speaking to them because they don't want no foreign entities speaking to them and they will choose who they want to speak to. So, again, regression. So it is to become, you know, when you're activists and you're not, things are not being done the way you want it to be done with the quickness or like that, you jump up and you do things. Today, because we're educated, I think there we can have better dialogues and everybody wants you to speak in a softer tone. I think I knew that this was coming because you cannot be one way all the time, right? If nothing changes, if change is constant, that's what they like to say, things are always changing. It's always changing. And I knew that this current administration that we have, the government, that you have to find a way to leverage, to talk. And that's what I'm practicing, diplomacy. Because with an organization, It's made up of different people. And some people are like, why are we tolerating? Why are we not just getting out there and doing things? But we also have to have the support of the women. And I think that because even though Petal have been around long educating, remember, socialization that has been happening has been happening for many years. So even though we've come and we've spoken to women and things like that, they are not truly ready. We might want them to be ready, but they're not truly ready. Simone, there are a few things that really stood out to me as you're telling your story and the journey you've been on. At the beginning, you very clearly said you didn't start off wanting to set up or lead Petal. It was more that you felt there was a real need and something that needed to be done. And so you initiated what became the conversations later and Petal sort of grew from there. 
I wanted to ask, how would you describe your leadership style or the way you manage to bring people together to create and establish Petal? But also, more specifically, given we all have these internalized biases and you know oppressive norms and ways of behaving, let's say, in society, whether we like it or not, how have you managed to establish the organization being very mindful of this and trying to create an environment where you recognize these issues within ourselves or each of the members of the organization and try to help them overcome it, especially given what the organization is standing for and fighting against. It would be great to hear more about this. You know, when you have strong women and you bring them in a room, it is to manage those strong opinions and things like that. Petal has, we have not been without our fair share. The type of leader I am, lazy fair. So I delegate a lot. I am about delegating. And I allow certain things, even if when I was the president of the interim board and then became the president of a full elected board, if anyone had a suggestion or something like that, even though we would discuss it first, that perhaps I don't think that that is a good way to go. And if that person is insisting, then let's go with it. So let's go and see how this will work. So we it worked. We know next time, lesson learned. We're not doing something like that again, especially if we knew that it wouldn't have worked. Also, uh, delegating a lot, I like everybody to have something to do. It's quite a balancing act, like a trapeze person in going on that trapeze. We've learned a lot of lessons and hard lessons with women and where we see them and changing our constitution of the organization, the Articles of Association. Things happened. We had put in some things in the articles and we realized, you know what, these things, we were looking like we're... Everybody, we are singing Kumbaya, no, and so it's a hard lesson, it's a hard pill to swallow, but we must do these things and like that. So yes, we have had our share. I'm glad that it happened in the early stages of the organization, the formation of the organization. I am a person who, if I saw that something was wrong with a board member, I would personally speak to them and let them know, not in a board meeting, but would go personally to them and speak to them about things. That's the kind of leader I am. Believe it or not, here at Petal, the president does the day-to-day work because we cannot afford an executive director. But I understand and I am grateful for all the organizations that have funded all organizations throughout these countries especially us at Petal. But it is that this is a voluntary work, but it it has become more permanent per se that Charisse Talbert, who now is the president of the organization and does the day-to-day operations, she had quit her day job to do things full-time for the organization. And now more than ever, you need full-time staff and they need to be paid because it is a battle with the churches and if we're going to win or if we're, and when I say win, it's small wins. Like you need to have people there 
that can replenish themselves with wellness, go take a break and always step up because where the churches have millions, we just have a few hundred people and people get burnt out, they get disillusioned, broken, and then if you're not getting them wellness, then you lose them on a whole. We reward people, the board, we reward them through doing wellness for them. And wellness can look different for everybody. Like wellness for Simone would be to get a case of Heineken and sit down and drink and watch television or shoot the breeze. So that's wellness for me. While wellness for another person might be they need to go and get a full spa day. Wellness for someone else might be that they might want to go to a resort for a weekend to rejuvenate. It's different and we have rewarded our people with that. There have been many things. I I know also I want to say something. I don't know if this ties in with what you've been asking, but, you know, I never wanted Petal to be like the same things that people were saying. Like, remember I said I didn't want it to be called a meeting. It had to be something different. So we were always, every year, we try to up the things that we do, call it a different name. And you know what's fascinating Joanna, in the inception, I didn't have the appreciation for it. I was annoyed. I had really come to where I was truly annoyed with another organization because of them taking, or people in the wider beliefs, other organizations starting to take the very methodology per se of how we do the things, the names of the things and like that. And I was always told by people who perhaps they were wiser that I should look at it as something good because people wanted to follow what I was doing. But when you're in the trenches, you are not hearing that. All you're seeing is why can't they do their own thing? They've been around long. (laughs) Or why do they have to copy? But I guess time softens it. But we have, we have been a trendsetter. Petal have been a trendsetter with all the things we did, with everything, because my mindset was never to be with the same old, same old. Many of the things I do not like to be called a feminist. Is that a bad thing? Is that a good thing? I don't know, because I don't care at this age where I'm at. All I wanted to do was that women should be educated, especially lesbian and bisexual women, that we should treat each other with some level of respect. As I was starting to tell you, as a masculine presenting woman, I am just like in the wider human, uh, the elements of where I'm privileged. I am privileged. Do I like it? Not now that the age that I am at. When I was in my 20s, perhaps I, well, I had loved it. And in my 30s, yes, but now the age that I have, I am not sure about that. I don't want that anymore. When we first started conversations, I used to joke about it a lot. Oh, you know, like the privilege that you have when it comes to cheating and things like that. And now I wouldn't laugh about it. I wouldn't encourage it. I'm different now. And I can lead differently, you know, not encouraging certain things because in the end, we are hurting our own 
And so I want that to resonate among from Petal coming out that, you know, at the leadership that I have finally recognized as a masculine presenting woman, that it is truly wrong. And I, and I really do not like certain things because when you look at patriarchy, we are women, but we do not realize and we are not paying attention that we are perpetrating this patriarchy on each other. And it's so wrong. It's so, so wrong. So I always wanted Petal to be different. So those are the things learned, lessons learned that I have come to. And I want that to emanate from the organization and be more empathetic, even though that there are challenges that all of us can across the globe see when we have organizations, the different challenges. It is to empathize because we've all gone through something or the other. This brings us to the end of the first episode with Simone. I hope you've all enjoyed this conversation as much as I have. In the next episode, Simone will be back and she'll be telling us more about the challenges Petal has faced, the work that they've managed to do as an NGO, and share how she has evolved as a leader and as an individual. If you haven't already, please do visit the Gender and Health Hub website. On this theme of transformative feminist leadership, you can find Srilata's think piece. The website is www.genderhealthhub.org. Or you can visit the UNUIIGH website, which is www.iigh.unu.edu. You can also find us on Twitter at UNU underscore IIGH or the Gender and Health Hub Twitter handle, which is at Gender Health Hub. You can also send us your feedback and suggestions via email. Our email address is iigh-info at unu.edu. I really do hope you'll join us for the next episode where Simone will continue telling us more about her leadership journey. Thank you, and until next time. This is a podcast recording by the United Nations University International Institute for Global Health. The views expressed are those of the speakers only.